What's up, guys? Uh, week 10 of college football has come and gone. Obviously, UM and FSU have played. Going to talk about the college football rankings and some of the scenarios and some of the games this week coming up. Uh, once again, I'm joined by Trent and Alec. What's up, guys? Yo, yo. Gloomy, How we doing, gloomy Wednesday. How about, how yeah. about them nose? Gloomy <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah, and uh, I remember uh, last when we ended the pod, uh, one of you guys is going to be sad, so it looks like it's Trent. So uh, yeah. here we go. Let's just uh, get right to it. Um, obviously, 45-3 to Seminoles blew out Miami in Miami. Uh, Jordan Chavis, really good game. Three touchdowns, one pick. Um, there was a really a whole bunch of quarterbacks for Miami. Ja'Curry Brown had a couple passes. Tyler Van Dyke had a couple passes. Jake Garcia briefly came in. Um, you know, we'll start with the bad first. Uh, we'll start with you, Trent. We'll- <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Uh, Alec, uh, I think Alec has plenty of words right, here. Alec, and- we'll start with the good then. We'll have, let's start yeah, with you. Let Alec, let Alec go. I'm sure he's got a lot to say. Alec, the floor is yours, man. He's gathering his thoughts. Don't make me go first. <laughs> Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, my speakers are broken. Yeah, so probably something, um, you know, Miami fans, they didn't get to hear the band this weekend, but they heard plenty of that. Got to say, it was a great, great weekend down in Miami. You know, it was a great day for football. Sun was out. We had a, a fantastic time tailgating, eating, and, you know, it was all uh, sunshine and roses right up until kickoff there. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm i pretty happy. We, I, I mentioned it last week in the podcast, Um you know, how much, how much it would mean to me to have Miami fans know what it felt like, you know, to, to take such a bad loss that we took two years ago in that stadium. And, um, you know, it doesn't really get much closer than that. We, we lost two years ago by 42 and we come back two years later and win by 42. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot to be happy about. The run game was amazing. Trey Benson was unstoppable. Um, you know, I'll be honest, Travis threw a couple of iffy passes, but uh, overall, you know, played pretty well. Put a nice pass downfield to get us up 7-0 at the beginning of the game. Uh, the main thing that I was, you know, everyone got to see was our defense really held strong. Um Obviously, you know, later on in the game with Van Dyke injured, you know, there wasn't much coming offensively, um, but but they made some big stops, a big goal line stop to, to keep Miami from scoring a touchdown at all the entire game. Um, that was all great. As far as Miami goes, you know, Trent will get to talk about that, but, you know, obviously this isn't their year as we've seen uh, throughout the season. And, um, you know, obviously through last weekend and, you know, hopefully, you know, the, the fans at home get a good idea of that and, uh, you know, maybe bring their expectation down a little bit. Hopefully that'll do it. I don't know. But um, I'm sure Trent will talk more about that. Uh, 
but you know I could go on <laughs> uh I'm just very happy with the Knowles we have a great uh strength uh, stretch of games here at the end of the year we got to play Syracuse and Florida which are two tough opponents and we're hoping to finish strong but um big props to Mike Norvell and uh the entire team for firing on all cylinders and just coming to the game ready um and dominating yeah um I like I mean Congrats on the big win, man. I know it's very passionate for you and a lot of these fans. I know it's a great rivalry. Um, so kudos to you for this year. Um, now with the bad trend, let's start with you, man. What, what do you have to say, dude? Uh, so Alec loves to bring up some previous takes of mine whenever I'm wrong. You know, it's the favorite thing to do now is to find the, find the old takes. But during the last pod, I believe I said that couple of things one was that fsu is head to toe just way better of a football team this year and that also that this is the worst Miami team i've seen in my lifetime i think both of those things held held pat uh <laughs> on saturday uh without a doubt in my mind um you're seeing an fsu team that's looks like they know what they're doing very very well run operation that um that mike norvell's got going on over there uh and you're seeing an absolutely dumpster fire of a season from miami this year um I said that Miami's offense was extremely inefficient uh, and I would, I was intrigued to see how they were going to put up points. And for the second game in a row, they failed to score a touchdown. Uh, you know, Van Dyke was never healthy. You know, you, I'm not, Van Dyke's not an excuse. I don't, I think if he's healthy, the UM still doesn't even sniff a chance in this game. Uh, but Van Dyke obviously didn't play last week. He was not healthy going into this game. He probably should not have played. He got hurt very quickly. Um, and then came in the Garcia and Ja'Carri Brown duel, in which case uh, Ja'Carri Brown looked way more effective than Jay Garcia, and Brown's a true freshman. Um, but, yeah, you just it's an offense that can't, can't move the ball, can't move the chains. Uh, they look like they don't know what they're doing out there, really. Uh, you know, there's no separation from receivers. Uh, the run game really never had any chance of getting going. And on top of that, defense – just straight up could not stop Florida State. I mean, Jordan Travis only threw the ball 12 times. I mean, he, he had a good game, he, I mean, but he didn't really have to do anything that game. He had one 50-yard-plus touchdown on the first drive. But after that drive, he, he didn't have to do anything. Florida State just ran the ball every play, and Miami couldn't stop him. I mean, Trey Benson was averaging eight and a half yards a carry. I mean, it was – Florida State could do whatever they run. I guess they ran the counter. I don't know what the number was, Alec, 37 times or whatever, and – UM made no adjustments to it and they just kept doing it over and over and just pounded pounded their brains out. But um yeah, it's just it's just a there's no other way to put it, it is a really, really bad football team this year. Yeah. I'm almost certain they're not making a bowl. They're probably not gonna be five hundred. Um, you know, you can say whatever you want about Mario and whatever, but yeah, you know, it's a disappointing season for sure. Obviously, I had them winning nine games this year. A lot of people had them winning nine games this year. Uh, based on, you know, what we saw last year, you thought they would improve, but we were wrong. It's clearly a, a concerning season for sure. Obviously not willing to come to any conclusions after first year. I'm expecting a hefty, hefty roster turnover in the off season. We're talking 40 different guys potentially on this team. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, this is just not what you want to see. I mean, to not score a touchdown in two straight yeah, games, I was about to, to say get that, yeah. embarrassed by Florida State at home, regardless of the of the of the 
the, you know, the, the gap in the programs at the time. Um, it's just, it's no other way to say it. it's pathetic. Um, call it a rebuild, call it whatever you want, but uh, they just, they got bullied in their own home. And, and honestly, I was very, very impressed by the fan base because usually at those games, you see an entire sideline covered, covered with Knowles fans. And in this game, there was a lot of UM fans, like like almost 80, I would say 80, 20, maybe 75, 25. I don't know if Alec agrees or disagrees, but the home field advantage was there to start the game. And they gave us just nothing to cheer for. man. And, <laughs> and I mean, it, it's cool to see that that's what, you know, can happen when you, you know, you have a good product and what UM fans, you know, finally will come out to come see, but you know, it, after three drives, four drives and it starts, starts getting repetitive from the entire season. So you got to hope that some big changes come for next season. This season's certainly over. I don't. I, they may. They may win one more game. Uh, that's probably their ceiling to, to cap the year. But um, you know, obviously, year year three in Norvell has been a huge success so far, and year one with with Mario has just been terrible. Yeah, well said, man. Uh, can't really add much more to that. Uh, yeah, but to come home to to you know quote unquote home game to not even score a touchdown is pretty pathetic. Uh, 45 to three, this is a terrible loss. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you guys really hit it on the head, man. Uh, Alec, anything else you want to add before we move on? Yeah. Well, I'm just curious, like, you know, obviously there was talk about nine, 10 wins going into the season. Maybe some people had it lower as well, but obviously not this. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious, like you know, Robert or Trent, you know, if you had any thoughts on, uh, like what the diagnosis is, what do you think needs to change? You know, what do you think will be the, the, the main thing that needs to happen moving forward to get the team on the right track? Well, here, here's my assessment real quick. I know Trent has a lot to add, so I'll just go quickly. Um, you have a lot of Canes fans like don't understand. Uh, you have to really, really understand that Mario Cristobal is inheriting a Manny Diaz team. Uh, he basically took over this team. I would say what Trent 80% of, of this team is from Manny Diaz still correct. At least. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe more. Uh, his guys really don't come in until next year. Uh, I know Trent and you and I have talked a little bit about, he just got the number one corner in the, in the country to come next season. Uh, recruiting wise, he's done fantastic for next year. Um, but you know, to, to expect that, you know, Mario Cristobal was going to make a top four, this year was a little ludicrous. I, I had them winning seven, eight games. I thought nine was a stretch, but uh, yeah, obviously we didn't see it this far. But uh, my, my quick thing is, look, he's inheriting a team. We can't really judge him until next year. That's when his guys come in. Um, I, I, do, I do not know if Josh Gaddis is the right guy for this system. Uh, we'll see, but uh, maybe we'll look at the offensive corner next year. But uh, I really can't give you more of an emphasis other than that we have to wait and see to what he does next year. The guys that are coming in, I think this year is just a, a bad luck year. I know they have Van Dyke. They have big expectations for him, but uh, look, Manny Diaz's team still to not till next year. That's really my thoughts, but Trent, what do you think, man? So I'm not going to go ahead and say that it's, you know, I don't want to say all these are Manny's guys because in reality, last year, this team was categorically better uh, than mm -hmm. what they are this year. So, uh, I don't want to put all the blame on the players. I, I do think that it's not the most talented team that UM's had. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's not all their fault. I think an, a huge part of it is the new coaching coming in with new systems, 
and these players not being able to I, look, I don't know who's calling the, who's in charge of the offense, whether it be Mario or Gaddis, but whoever it is, it, it's not it. Um, I know that, you know, the critics love to say that Mario micromanages his coaching or his coaches. And, you know, that, that leads to these kinds of offenses, but what, whoever it is, whether it's Gaddis or Mario or whatever, uh, these players have just been unable to adjust to their system and and maybe at the same time just the the offensive system just doesn't work so uh, I think it's the players I think it's the coaches um, I do recognize though that the transfers that have come in and honestly the freshmen that have played which are Mario's recruits have been the best players on the field for the most part uh, the best players on defense are all transfers um, and on offense Colby Young is a transfer. Uh, Ja'Carri Brown, true freshman, Mario's recruit. Um, so, um, you know, the starter, starting running back is, is Pear. She's a transfer. Uh, so I think that's that's that gives you a little bit maybe of confidence that going forward that once Mario gets his personnel in, that maybe that they can improve. But um, this team won seven, what was it, seven games last year. They're, Van Dyke was playing out of his mind. They, they ended up winning like six out of the last seven games or five out of the last six games. So I don't want to go ahead and blame the players because they did it last year and they did it well, especially towards the end of the year last year. But um, I think there's a huge, there was a huge issue from, from the old, from the players of the last regime adjusting to the new system. And also I guess Mario's, you know, tough, tough, tough guy style, you know, no nonsense, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I really, I think that's, but it's, it's top to bottom. It's coaching players. You know, it's not just, it's not just one, one person or one group. It's, it's, it's a collective blame. Yeah. And look, the one knock on Mario Cristobal has always been great recruiter, but can he coach on big games? Uh, I'm not going to judge him on this year. I think he came into an unfair situation, but we, but uh, this is definitely eye opening to say the least, but Alec, you have any yeah. quick thoughts on this? Yeah. Mo, I mean, I, um, I think we all know that it's it's uh, you're going against the odds <clears throat> coming in as a first year coach with a different set of players. It's not supposed to really work out. It's rare when it does. Um, but I think it's you know, I don't think it's wrong to have expected a little bit more than this. So, you know, this also happens as well, where maybe it doesn't mesh at all. And, and it's a it's a kind of a blow up year um, where, you know, think things ended up going a lot worse than you thought, you know, you get injuries, you lose games to teams you're not supposed to, and then you lose rivalry games and, you know, you lose the buy-in in the locker room. And that's not to say the long-term that that'll be the case, but um, I think you could have expected more than this. And it's, it's definitely not getting started on the right foot. So I don't think it's worth, uh, you know, just like writing off as a first year woes. I think that is what the problem is, but um, it has gone worse than I think it should have gone. And, um, you know, you, you would have hoped to get started on a little bit of a better foot, but I'm not writing them off either. We all know it took Norvell till this year, year three, really to get things rolling or the end of year two going into year three um, to get things rolling. So. Uh, the I, I, will, I, I will say that one thing that gives UM fans a little bit of hope is seeing what Oregon is doing now. Obviously, that Oregon is not exactly the you know same team as what Mario left it at. Like obviously, Bo Nix was not Mario's guy. A couple other guys that transferred in that were Mario's guys. But 
uh, that line is Mario's. And, and Oregon probably has one of the best, if not the best, offensive yeah. line in the country. And some really, really great players on defense that were Mario's guys. So that kind of makes you think that, okay, let the guy get in for a couple of years, three, four years, and he can build up, you know, a team full of talent. And then you, you kind of go from there. So you're kind of seeing with Oregon now. Obviously, Dan Lanning is, is pretty damn good coach, and he's doing great things at Oregon. But a lot of those guys are Mario's guys. So uh, Alec just said it's it's not always you know easy for a first-year head coach to come in. Well, Lanning's doing it right now. And part of that has to do with the fact that that's, pers- that's Mario's personnel. Yeah, so. great point, man. Um, yeah, well said, dude. That's, uh, that's good. Yeah, like I said, I think the future is still very bright for UM. Uh, obviously, you're right, Alec. Uh, I think a lot of fans expected a better year. Certainly not this, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's a lost season, as Trent said. Uh, we're probably not going to make a bowl game. That's pretty rough, but uh, yeah, got to look forward to next year now. But uh, as far as FSU, man, a uh, great win for you guys. Uh, looks like you guys are on the right track. Norville's doing a, a fantastic job, in my opinion. Uh, there was rumors he was going to be let go in the beginning of the year, and uh, he's turned himself into a pretty damn good coach this year. So uh, good for FSU, a huge game for FSU, and, uh, you know, obviously very disappointing for UM at home. Uh, yeah, nothing to do but go forward. Um, with that said, the college football ranks came out. Uh, some obviously big, big games happened this weekend. Uh, obviously, Notre Dame beat Clemson, Georgia beat Tennessee. I'll read one through 10 and we'll dissect and uh, talk about all the scenarios that could potentially happen and who might be looming in. Uh, so to round out the top four, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. Then five through 10 is Tennessee, Oregon, LSU, USC, Alabama, and Clemson. Um, guys, this is uh, obviously a pretty uh, uh, crazy top four. TCU, as Trent and I and Alec have really been vouching since uh, week eight, uh, they finally got in the top four with that uh, loss to Clemson. Uh, that was really the only thing in their way of getting into the top four. But, uh, yeah, let's dissect, guys. Let's quickly talk about the top four and move on. But, uh, Alec, from the first impression, what do you think of these rankings? Well, um, I think there's no doubt that Georgia is the best team in the country. Um, should be undisputed by now. I, I can't think of any other yeah. team that would have a claim to that spot, really. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously they deserve to be up there. I mean, they had a great performance last week. Stetson Bennett just has gotten better like he did throughout the season last year. He's gotten better from that point. Um, their defense is, is pretty stout and was able to shut down Tennessee's offense, which really nobody's been able to do this year. Excuse me. Um, we've talked before about Ohio state and Michigan being there. I really like Michigan and, um, Ohio State has had some kind of sloppy games. You know, they they barely they were down to Northwestern for yeah. uh, most like the most of the first half. Northwestern's a one and eight team. Uh, that's they just shouldn't happen like that. And just coming off slow like that in a playoff game could get you you know out of contention very early on. So. I've liked what I've seen from Michigan. I think they've looked a little bit stronger, so maybe they should have been ahead, but they're going to play each other, so that'll sort itself out. Um, TCU, man, they keep winning. I think that they're uh, very deserving of the spot. I mean, these are the final undefeated teams, so all four of these teams rightfully are in these four spots, but um, I'm I'm still looking at TCU because they still have a – tough end of their season yeah. and they're going to have a tough big 12 championship. And really 
if they can get through all of these games and, and come out unscathed, um, they're, they're kind of fixing to be like a Cinderella team, man. I mean, they, they win these close games every week and, um, you know, it, it's gotten to the point where it's impressive. Whereas other teams were kind of squeezing wins against teams they should have been beating. TCU, you know, has shown uh, a lot of grit and overcome a lot of adversity um, and won every game so far. So, yeah, I, I like the top four. It, um, I, I think I probably would have had Michigan higher, uh, uh, but. It's hard to say if TCU will end up in there. Uh, and I think that outsiders, you know, next person in, I'm looking at Oregon and um, LSU has a shot or pretty much writes their own destiny for the SEC championship, but I don't know if they'll get through Georgia. So Oregon's the hot team. I think that's going to be right there on the edge. And uh, I don't know what's something's got to happen to get Tennessee in there, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you said something about their schedule. Look, TCU plays Texas at home next week or this week. Then they play Baylor. Um, also, oh no, it's on the road. So they go to Texas and then they go to Baylor, and then they uh, go to Iowa State. So yeah, that's three tough games, man. Uh, we'll see. If, yeah, if they if they win that, they're obviously going to be in, uh, and they also have to win that championship game. But uh, Trent, looking at the obviously the top four and then let's get through five to 10, Tennessee, Oregon, LSU, USC, Bama, and Clemson in that order. What sticks out to you the most? From well, that? first of all, let me just, I'll, I'll I kind of want to reiterate what Alex yeah, go saying ahead. is that, that Ohio state has looked pretty sloppy. Um, you know, I, I think at this point in the season, Michigan has been the more sound football team. So I think Michigan has that has a case to make to be two at this point. Um, but at the end of the day, the top four still would remain the same in my eyes. You, you know, you got to show love to the undefeated. You know, it feels like I come out here every week and I boast about TCU. Um, so, I, I you know, they're definitely a top four team. Um, going past that, I mean, it's going to be a little interesting to see how this – how because you got, you know, five, six, and seven are three really, really intriguing teams um, because Oregon's the hottest team in the land right now. Tennessee at one point looked like the best team in the country and then eventually lost to the now the new number one team in the country. And LSU is now coming off a huge win against Alabama, but they have that second loss. Um, you know, obviously one of the Michigan and Ohio State teams is going to lose. Um, and uh, assuming Georgia wins out and assuming TCU wins out, that leaves two spots open. Um, would not shock me to see Tennessee and Oregon fill those two spots at all um, considering they have one loss apiece and they have both looked great. Uh, the Tennessee, the, the, you know, that has the one loss to Georgia, Oregon, of course, and Oregon's only losses to Georgia in week one. So mm -hmm. um, I think right now it's the, the, those top six teams. I think the cutoff right now is at seven where LSU stands, unless LSU can miraculously beat Georgia uh, in the SEC championship. Uh, but I think those top six teams Four of those top six teams you'll see in the college football playoff as of now. Obviously, uh, madness occurs all the time, and that can always change in a week, just like that. Um, but as of now, I think those four of the top six teams are the teams you'll see. Um, going past six, LSU really has been super impressive. I mean, that was a, that was Brian Kelly's potentially Kelly's biggest win ever. Brian Kelly, the biggest win of his career. Yeah. Uh, he's never been able to beat a team as good as, as Alabama, regardless if they're having a down year or what. It's still a good football team. 
Um, Clemson has basically, you know, wrote wrote themselves yeah, off. They're done. Uh, I think that's that's their their college football playoff hopes are dead after that one loss. Um, and Bama, I don't think they I don't think they have a chance of getting it back in mathematically uh, unless maybe LSU actually, loses out. Actually, we're going to talk about that in a second. There is um, a sliver of a chance for them to get in. So, um, but yeah, I mean, right now I'm looking at those top six teams. Those are those are probably your favorites to make the playoff. Yeah. Um, obviously, Michigan, Ohio State alternating, but um, it's exciting. I mean, especially in SEC, anything's possible. I mean, we saw with LSU last weekend, um, but it's 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 going to get interesting down the stretch. I think. All right, let me ask you guys a question here. I'm going to vouch for Tennessee fans for a second, but. Years past, we've seen Alabama play Clemson. That was usually the one-two game or any other one-two game in the last couple of years. Um, usually the number one team or the number two team drops to four if it's a relatively close game. And it's not like Tennessee got blown out. And I believe this game was in Georgia, right? Yes. So why does why does Tennessee drop all the way to number five? They were, they were the number one team at, at one point. So do you think they're deserving of dropping well, four uh, spots? Again, again you got to show love to the undefeateds. Um, it's hard to, it's really hard to put a one loss team over an undefeated team at this point in the season. Sure. Um, I, I mean, Oregon has one loss too. I mean, Tennessee as of now is the highest ranked one loss team. Um, so I think it's still pretty respectable. Um, and at the same time, Georgia just beat Tennessee. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like it was a Tennessee, Alabama 2.0. It was Georgia controlled that game, like for a lot of, for most of that game. Yeah. So Georgia really, really made made their case as the best team in the country, mm-hmm. and you know, and that and that was it. That's really that's really the reason. I mean, I, I think if that was a Alabama, another, you know, barn burner like the Alabama Tennessee game was, I think maybe the Tennessee stays in the top four. Yeah. But because that Georgia was clearly the better team and had their stamp on on the game for almost the entire game, um, that's that's why you see Tennessee out of the top four. Yeah. Additionally. The playoff knows that Ohio State and Michigan are going to play. Yeah, each other. exactly. Yeah, that's so, true as well. So one of those teams is going to fall out. So it's really, really not too detrimental to Tennessee to see them at five at this point. Yeah, Alec. Yeah. So a couple of things. Um, I think you. Part of it is preference to undefeated teams, but it's not beyond this committee to go and put a one-loss SEC team in front of an undefeated sure. team. I think it's more that they look at this TCU team, not only are they undefeated and they've won some big games, but uh, I think they have the number two offense behind Tennessee, at least it was going into last week and, you know, up there with Georgia. So their offense is one of the best in the country. Um, so I think that's exciting and, and that'll probably bring in TV views. I'm sure that's definitely a concern uh, for their choice. So um, I, I think the Tennessee could get in but the thing about that Ohio State Michigan game is like what if it's a triple OT and it comes down to two point conversions you know what I mean like does that team not deserve to be in there I don't know that's a good point as well man yeah. uh, so there, there's a million different things that could happen uh and I guess we'll get into that in the next segment but um I'm excited I, I got a, a couple different scenarios that I'm looking out for yeah. all right uh, well said guys so we're gonna go through let's start with the back end first I really I'm gonna I'm gonna put the cutoff at nine because I think I still think there's a chance at Alabama getting in I'll tell you why right now uh, so after listening to about 10 10 you know so-called experts um, they really broke it down and they made some, they made a lot of sense so basically the only way that Alabama has a chance is LSU has to lose you know two games 
they play Arkansas at home and they play AM at home. Those are two games they could they could lose. I'm not saying they will, but th- those two teams can pull it out any night and score. Um, that, I'm not ruling that out. And then that would basically mean because LSU has the, I guess, what, the tiebreaker or something over in the SEC championship since they beat Bama. But if so, if LSU goes to seven or eight and four or whatever it is, Bama would creep up, and that means they would play Georgia in the in the SEC championship game. And if they beat Georgia, then they have a conversation to uh, potentially get in, right? So yeah, I think so, so. So yes, that that would that would need to happen. But I at the same time, I think that's unlikely for a couple reasons. One, uh, the way that LSU is playing, it's hard to fathom them losing twice in three games, especially when those those two games that you named were at home. That's one. Two, Ole Miss would also need to lose a game, and they have Arkansas, Mississippi State, two two teams they're better than as well. So, he, they, Alabama would need both of those things to happen. They need Ole Miss to lose once, and they need LSU to lose twice. And they're both playing for the most part inferior opponent, opponents. Um, so it, it just seems very very unlikely that that happens. However, if that scenario were to happen, and Bama is to make the SEC championship, and they beat Georgia. It makes it interesting. I don't. I don't know if they get in still, but it certainly makes it very interesting. One thing I, I'll add there is that Bama. Bama plays Ole Miss this week, so if Bama beats Ole Miss, then they, they can. Oh, that's on me. I thought that they already. That's played. what I was about Never to mind. say. Forget my Ole Miss argument. I thought they had already played. Sorry, sorry. But forget, I will say. I argument. will say this. I. I. I'm, I'm just not going to rule them out because I could. I could definitely see. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I could definitely see Arkansas and A&M both beating LSU. Remember, this team was was unranked at one point. I know they got better, but. Uh, I mean, Brian Kelly does have an active to a choke at times, so we'll see what happens. I think Obviously, any team that wins the SEC championship will be in. in. Yeah, and even if it's two, you know, even if it's a two-loss team, and the rest of the teams are well, uh, the two and two of the other teams are undefeated. You know what I mean? Um, like a two-loss team could very well get in there if they're an SEC champion. I think any other situation, they're not getting in. Yeah, um, I think if LSU wins out, I think that we're looking at the first what two two loss team ever making into the playoff. Correct? Oh, um, I wouldn't call it a guarantee. I think I think that it's possible, but I, I wouldn't call that an automatic bid. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. But they could potentially be the first. Yeah, two loss team for ever sure. I think it's possible. The two losses just really they make it so tough, man. It makes it really really hard with that with that second loss. Who was no their matter- second loss to? Do you remember? Sorry. Uh, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee, they got they yeah. got blown out by Tennessee, um, and that then that doesn't look good either on the resume. You know, no matter how many good wins they have over Georgia and Alabama, potentially, um, it's really really hard to put a two loss team in the playoff. Mm-hmm. All right, so Georgia may still make it if Georgia loses in the SEC championship. I mean, they're, they're probably still going to make it. Yeah, they are. But I think I think uh, they're they're guaranteed to get in. Yeah. Uh, regardless, unless unless they have like a, a you know a choke up game somewhere. Um, any other cases for Alabama before we move on to the? I mean, I think yeah, we covered it's tough. it all. Right? I think I think it's it's tough for Alabama. Right for Bama now. fans, they, gonna, are, they need yeah. a lot of help. For Bama fans, there is a chance, but uh, I think that LSU could totally lose. Yeah, so same here. I, you I think really they could lose twice though. Arkansas is still good, man. They can score. They can score with anyone. I still like their no, quarterback. I, I, I don't want to under I'm not I'm not underestimating the teams they're playing. It's just LSU has been hot, really, ever since the 
Tennessee it's not lose twice, is it? It's, I don't think it's they have to, they have to lose twice because they, they have, have a tiebreaker over they Alabama. Tiebreaker. But, but they're tied. Rec- oh, it's con- it's division rec- yeah. Uh, conference record. Yeah, yeah. But so, right, let's let's play this out for a second. If you're LSU, okay. Obviously, you have the games at home. That's huge. And uh, they have UAB on the schedule. We're not even going to consider them. Um, look, Arkansas is still Arkansas. They still have a really good quarterback. They can at times they they, they pull up upsets. I'm not going to rule that on. And listen, AM is still AM. They still have the same, they still have those players that can play. They can pull out anytime they want. Uh, it's still Jimbo Fisher, as we've talked about in the past, one of the better coaches in college football. I know he's had a terrible year this year. But uh, I mean, I those are not those are not cupcake games, man. They, they those are two games that they're, they're not lose. they're not cupcake games. I agree, but but LSU, you talk about LSU that is coming off one, the biggest win of the, in their program in a long time, and has all have also been playing well after the Tennessee game. Arkansas, on the other hand, you know, they just lost to Liberty. Uh, they've had a lot of – yeah, blown out by Mississippi State. Uh, you know, they've had they've had some bad – they also lost to Texas A&M. So, you know, they've had some bad losses this year as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I agree that they should not sleep, but it's very, very – it's just difficult to assume they, they slip up twice at this yeah. point in the season. That's – I mean, very, very point. They'd be very two good, great teams. But uh, I think – Alex sees it well. I, 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 I do think there's more of a chance than people realize that they can lose these games. Um, but uh, you're on the other side where you think they can take. I mean, care look, of them, this right? season when you look at it, you know, when you, when you disregard ten, Tennessee game and and obviously Florida State game, which Florida State's a good team. That's week LSU one. LSU yeah. is beating the regular teams. They're beating Auburn. They beat Florida. They beat. They blew out Ole Miss. Uh, you know, they blew out Mississippi State. You know, blew out all these other teams. All, all these regular middle to bottom tier teams. So. They've been doing it all year against teams of the Arkansas and Texas A&M cali- uh, caliber, so it's not easy to fathom that they lose to both of those teams. I mean, look, it's possible, sure, definitely possible, but it's just hard to see. Yeah, um, I guess I'm just trying to make the point for Bama and for Bama fans uh, that there is a chance. So sure. just because there's number nine, it's still Bama, and somehow, some way, they're still technically alive. If they beat, uh, if they take care of business this week, it's over for yep. Bama. So uh, yep. keep an eye on that game. Uh, any last words on Bama, Alec? No, I think we covered it. Uh, but I think I, I think you're right. Nine's probably a good cutoff. I heard Dabo talking about, you know, anything can happen. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't I don't think after that loss that there'll be a consideration unless a lot of crazy stuff happens. Yeah, this is this is possible. Possible. Need madness. This it is the is week. Possible. This but, is the week uh, where go ahead. No, nah, yeah, I just don't. I, I think you you drew the line at nine. I think that's good. Yeah, I think this is the week where uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU all lose, right? It so, could be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, let's get to USC. Obviously, they have Caleb Williams. They have uh, their shiny new head coach in Lincoln Riley. Um, looking ahead at their schedule, uh, they play two ranked teams in the next couple of weeks. And um, we start with UCLA, and I'm pulling up the other one now. So they play an unranked Colorado, and then they play UC- USC plays UCLA. It's a California game, not really that big a difference. And then they play at Notre Dame, uh, who's obviously ranked 20 after beating Clemson. So they have two ranked games coming up after the Colorado game. So that is a very strong schedule for them. They kind of luck out there. Um, even if they went out, a, a lot of things would have to happen. Well, but... well. so here's the thing. If they went out, they will play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Oh, and that will right. be that's their right. golden ticket. If they can win out and beat Oregon, they will have a very, very compelling case to be in the playoff. 
obviously completely depending on what happens with the teams in front of them. But if or if USC finds a way to win these last three games, which two of them are, are not easy games, yeah, the UCLA game is going to be tough, Notre Dame game is going to be tough, and then beat Oregon, who's arguably the hottest team in the country right now outside of Georgia, um, they will definitely have a case. They will definitely have a case. I didn't realize that. You're right. I think I think that at this point in time, as long as Georgia takes care of business and there's no you know funny business in the SEC championship. That the Pac-12 champion, if it's Oregon or SC, should should get in, and I think that if the Big 12 champion is TCU, they should get in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't want I don't want to say that with certainty that the Pac-12 champion should get in because let's say if USC uses loses to you know UCLA no, somehow, no, so no, no. let's yeah. say that. Yes, of course, if they went out. if, if, if I agree with what you're going to say, but I'm just saying if both these teams, everything stays constant. Yes, if everything stays constant, yes, I, I agree. That, 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 that a Pac-12 that team should be in it. I, like, I, I would love to see Georgia. I would love to see a, a, an SEC team in Georgia, a Big Ten team in Ohio State of Michigan, a Big 12 team in TCU, and a Pac-12 team. In, that'd be the, I think that would be the first time in a while that there wouldn't be two SEC teams and you'd have four conferences represented. I'd love to see it, and um, that'd be great. My you know, my only issue is I don't want to see Georgia blow somebody out in the first game. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they're <laughs> in the country. So if they win the championship, I don't think. But but yes. Yeah, so what I wanted, what I what my ideal scenario would be: Georgia at one, a Big Ten team at two, and TCU at three. And guys, I think I think that Big Ten team versus TCU would be a great game. And then, to have, and then to have Georgia either play Oregon or UC, USC or something like that at four, I think that'd be great. Yeah, I think a Georgia-Oregon rematch would be That'd be great. great. I, that, really I think awesome that'd be ideal for the playoff, too. But, so, go, looking I'm, – I'm almost assuming that that Pac-12 championship would probably – was going to be Oregon. Now, as far as USC goes, you 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 nailed it, Robert. Um, they got to play Notre Dame – at Notre Dame, which – they're getting better, and it's hard to win. In, yeah, it's not a uh, gimme there. Yeah, South Bend, that's a tough game. Hard to win, South Bend. So, what? So, what I'm thinking in in if they match up today. I I like Oregon, but if USC can win out and prove that they can win these tough games, because UCLA is going to be a tough game too. Not only is UCLA good this year, but it's a rivalry. They've lost to them in yep. previous years when they weren't that good. So, um, I think if SC wins out, then you know they got a shot. And and like I had mentioned before, if it's those two teams right on the fringe, the winner gets in for sure. Um, let me ask you a quick question here. Uh, let's, let's play devil's advocate for UCLA. I know they're at number 12, but let's say they beat USC. Uh, would they, would they be eligible to play Oregon in the championship? Yeah, I, yeah I think absolutely. so. Yeah, so technically technically you same. can't rule them out either. Right. They have one loss just the same. And, um, they lost came to Oregon. So if they yeah. come back and beat yeah. Oregon. I mean, they, I mean pa- the Pac-12 has has the divisions. Um, Oregon's by themselves. And then you have USC, UCLA, and Utah in the other division. Um, but, yeah, if, you, if UCLA wins out, it's the same story. You can just plug in. You can plug them in for USC. It's the same thing. So um, we'll put them at a wild card here because they have a pretty decent chance. Not decent, but a chance to get in. Uh, I mean, UCLA's remaining schedule is is pretty easy. Arizona, yeah. Cal, and then of I mean, course USC the USC is that game. Big game but, and then they play Oregon, who keeps playing the way they play. Right. So I mean, I, I, at this point, you got to say Oregon's the favorite. But obviously, if UCLA or USC is able to win out and win that Pac-12 championship, it, it's the same thing. Like you I pl- think you plug you plug. Them I in. think Alex right, man. I think the winner of the Pac-12 championship game is going to get in. 
I think that's the way I, I, I just think it. it depends if it that's if all things remain constant. I mean the the Pac 12 championship winner will get in if it's a if it's a one loss team versus a one loss team. If it if it's a one loss team versus a two loss team and a two loss team wins, then obviously I would not expect to see a Pac 12 team. Yeah. It, 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 it all depends on on who wins out and who wins what games. But if you see a, a one loss team versus a one loss team in the Pac 12 championship, Absolutely, I think you'll see the champion uh, make make the CFP. Yeah, um, and let me just quickly look at Oregon's schedule real quick before uh, we move on. Uh, Oregon will play a ranked Washington, a ranked Utah, and Oregon State. Uh, that's a pretty damn tough schedule, man, uh, their next two games. Uh, the first one's in Washington, and then they go to Utah. So uh, that's not a gimme either. Right, yep. Um, yeah, I mean, that's another thing. I, I was going to make an argument that, that if USC – one out it could have maybe a case to hop oregon in the rankings before the pac-12 championship but then i saw oregon's remaining schedule and like that that put that to bed because if oregon wins out they, they, it's still impressive so i we all agree uh for all the ucla fans listening that there there is a, a like alabama there is a glimmer of hope for them to get in right? yep 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 uh, so yeah. really yeah um i mean do you want to talk about the scenario for Clemson? Do you think there's any chance at all? I mean, there could be problems down the road for other teams. No, I just think they're through the bulk of their schedule. And yeah, if they exactly. end up, you know, if they end up playing North Carolina and North Carolina doesn't lose, that could be a big game. But like, I just don't, I think that they had a pretty embarrassing loss to an, an you know, Notre Dame team who's not super stellar and all these other teams with the one loss uh, that ha- are in contention, like, Tennessee, for example, uh, or Oregon, um, they lost to other teams who are in the top four. Yeah. So I, I'm not counting them in. Um, and I, but, but with UCLA, like I was saying about the TCU thing, I think UCLA is right up there in offense to uh, one of the best offenses in the country. And obviously Oregon is too. Um, but you know, that, that game at the end of the year is going to be a huge decider. Um, and, you know, I'd be interested. I don't know if you guys are up for like doing a prediction now or, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to look into the games coming up. Uh, what were you going to finish? No, no. I, um, I I think that's it. I I just don't think Clemson's in. Yeah. I, I, I'm writing them off. I don't think there's any chance your schedule super weak and, uh, the ACC championships game is going to be terrible. So, um, all right, uh, quickly, let's talk about Tennessee real quick. I know we talked about them earlier. LSU and Oregon, we really addressed everything about them. Uh, Tennessee's remaining schedule is, is basically easy for them. They play Missouri at Missouri, then uh, home for South Carolina, home for Vanderbilt. Uh, they should take care of business. And then uh, that SEC championship game is going to get very interesting, man. Um, just – Gut feeling. You think Tennessee gets in to the playoff? Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's it's. There's nothing they can really do at this point. It's kind of it's kind of in God's hands now. You know, I remember uh, Tennessee. How how quickly this turns? Because I remember two weeks ago we talked about it that Tennessee was in the driver's house. And yeah. Driver's yeah, seat. They were in the driver's basically, seat for sure. even if they lost, they were basically guaranteed yeah. to get I mean, they, they, they look. They, they still have a good case. They have a strong case, even with the one loss. The problem is, is that. Bama lost LSU. Uh, yeah, I mean they're not going to be in the SC championship game. Uh, you know there there's a couple of teams with with similar at this point similar or if not better resumes than them. Um, 
you know, TCU being undefeated, Oregon only having one loss and, and looking just as good, if not better. Um, so it, it's still, it, there's still a, a pretty a chunky chance that they can get in, but you know, it, it's, they're going to need, uh, you know, it's just on their hands. Like they can, they can win out, but they're going to need maybe a couple teams to lose or maybe they committed to show them a little bit of favorability. But at this point, there's not a game that they can win that, that'll get them back in. So it's kind of out of their hands. Yeah. Um, I definitely have a bold prediction later uh, when, we, when it comes to picks. So I'll leave, I'll leave my prediction <laughs> out for that one, but um, rounding up, let's, uh, all right, let's talk about the scenario of Ohio state and Michigan. Cause Alec made a great point. And uh, I was texting with you guys earlier about this. And I think there's a very real chance that uh, Ohio state and Michigan can both make the playoff. Alex completely right. Let's say this is a three point game or let's say it goes to a double or triple overtime. Uh, you're telling me the committee wouldn't put two of these guys in if it's that close. Um, I mean, kind of like how Alex said earlier, I mean, let's say that Michigan wins regardless of the margin. I mean, Ohio state has been sloppy all season uh, in, in a bunch of games where they should be blowing teams out. Um, obviously most recently Northwestern. Um, I don't think there's any arguing that, you know, the talent that Ohio state has, but they haven't really put together a really, really sound season so far. So I think if Ohio state were to lose to Michigan, I think that would take them out regardless if it's a close game or not, just because Oregon has looked better. Tennessee's looked better. Uh, maybe I wouldn't say USC, but Oregon and Tennessee have looked better and they, you know, they would, they would all have one loss at that point. And I would put them in over Ohio state, but, you know, if Ohio State wins, and obviously Michigan has looked like the better team this year, you know, it, it, it could get interesting. I, I think it's possible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't love to see that, but I think it's possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to see it. I don't think that the committee will do it because I don't think people would want to see that. Um, but you know, Ohio State, yeah, they look sloppy, but they haven't lost. So if their one loss is in a close game to Michigan in overtime, I think that beats, uh, you know. Uh, like Tennessee, you think that beats Tennessee and Oregon. Tennessee's one loss or Oregon's one loss, but the thing is, um, you know, they have Tennessee at five for a reason. I think they want to keep them in play because they know for competition, uh, ideally, two SEC teams would be more competitive playoff. So I think they're kind of keeping them around, and they didn't want to douche them because they were number one. So I think that. Uh, they'll kind of probably give preference to Tennessee in that situation. If Tennessee wins out, I'd like to see that. Um, but, you know, Ohio state, like I said, being sloppy, whatever, they still won game. So I don't know. They could, they could definitely have an argument. I just, I just don't think that we would see that. Yeah. Alec, here's, here's my only scenario where I think there's a chance that Michigan and Ohio state can play, can both make it. So this game's in Michigan. I think Michigan has to win this game no matter what. And if Ohio State goes into Ann Arbor and, and basically, let's say they lose by three points or lose in, in overtime, um, in Michigan, I think they have a, a a little bit of a case potentially to get in. I just think that, you know, if Ohio State loses and now you got to compare them to the other one-loss teams, you got Tennessee's only losses to UGA, Oregon's only losses to UGA, and outside of those games, Tennessee has been dominant. They look like the best. They were number one in the country for a reason. They were they were dominating on both sides of the football. You can make the same case for Oregon after the UGA loss, whereas Ohio State has not looked that good. 
I mean, you you, you got to compare resumes and you got to say who looks better between the one lost teams. And at the end of the day, Tennessee and Oregon have looked like the better football teams. So, uh, and the same, I mean, that, that's why I'm saying that if Michigan, if Ohio State loses, it's out. They're out. Whereas maybe a little different if Michigan loses because Michigan has looked pretty good for most of the year. And it, and it kind of makes it a little more difficult. But I mean, Tennessee and Oregon have just looked better than Ohio State this year. They just haven't, they haven't, they're not undefeated like Ohio State. So if Ohio State suffers that loss, that first loss, it, it evens the playing field a little bit. And then you really got to dig deep and compare the teams. And I just think Tennessee and Oregon have, have a better shot than Ohio State at that point. Yeah. Um, Especially if Oregon wins the Pac 12 championship. Yep. Um, any last words on Michigan and Ohio State, guys? I think that I, I mean we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks, but I I think that Ohio State don't count them out, man, because they they probably could have won that game last year if it wasn't snowing all game. You know what I mean? Like their receivers are their best asset, and um, they're going to be a coming out for revenge. So oh, I'm not saying that, that they may I know, not. I'm not saying trend is either, but because me personally, I've been kind of writing them down a little bit, saying they haven't. They been could they could out. easily be Michigan. I'm not I'm not saying that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that I think for sure will be a good game and leave it to Harbaugh to blow it, you know, <laughs> every other year, but last year. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, let's just put it this way, man. That's going to be an exciting game to watch for so many reasons, including yeah. my playoff implications. Yep. Um, let's uh, quickly look at Georgia's schedule. Look, obviously, if they went out, I think they're no matter what, they're guaranteed to get in. But I will say this. Um, they, Georgia plays Kentucky. It is in Georgia. That is really their only game. I think they have a chance to lose. Um, look, they have a top five pick at quarterback and Will Levies. Um, anything's possible, man. Stoops is a great coach, as Alec and Trent have talked about earlier in pods. Um, not saying it's going to happen, but uh, that's the one game I would keep an eye on because if let's say Georgia loses that game, I guess what? Let's just talk. Let's just pretend they did. Let's assume they did. Um, chaos. What the, chaos. Hell, what, the, what the hell would happen? Chaos, is- chaos ensues. That's why I'm trying to say that it, it's hard to say that the, you know, any team that has one loss, it's, it, you can't say they don't have a chance because chaos can always ensue and, and shit happens and, and they could find a way in with that one loss. Two losses, you're out pretty much. But, uh, you know, if Georgia loses, I, I really don't see how they lose any of these next, you know, few games. They're, they're just too good. But, you know, you know, for the sake of argument, say Georgia loses, um, they'll still be playing in the SEC championship. I don't think anybody in the SEC is really. Yeah, they would. They have the tiebreaker over Tennessee, so uh, they'd still play in the SEC championship uh, against probably LSU or Ole Miss, and they uh, they probably will win that game, assuming they don't slip up twice. And that would, you know, they would still be in the. Uh, playoff, I think. I, I don't see a scenario unless they lose two where Georgia doesn't make the uh, the playoff. But um, then you're kind of you're creeping into maybe they – it's tough, man, because they wouldn't be number one at that point. They'd probably be either four or three. You'd probably see the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan uh, game become number one. Um, you, could, you might be able to see TCU at two. Um, but – you know, you never way, know with the committee. You never know with the committee. Sometimes it's yep. it's kind of all over the place. Uh, I know that I, I do think though that of Georgia, even though they lose, they still win the SEC championship. They they still make it. 
By the way, uh, one quick thing. Uh, I got that wrong. It is it is in Kentucky, so that will right. make it a little bit tougher. Um, I, uh, I, 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 you know, we love Stoops, but yeah, Georgia's Georgia's damn good. I'm man. just saying, if, if they have all the makings to be Georgia, they got yeah, it's not it's, it's, again, no, it's no cupcake for sure, but yeah, uh, we're just gonna have to see what happens, man. But uh, it could definitely get interesting in the next couple of weeks. Uh, any last words on Georgia, Alec? I think that they could lose to Kentucky, or they could. I mean, I know. First of all. I don't think they will lose to Kentucky, but if they lost to Kentucky or they lost to another crack team, it could be a FCS team. They're still going to go to the SEC championship. And as long as they win that, they're in. So yeah, I, I agree. Exactly what Trent was saying. Uh, now that would be interesting because it, it would definitely shuffle up the other four, but um, you know, cause they wouldn't be number one. So other teams would definitely have a claim, but you know, I think Georgia is in, man. They beat uh, all all the good teams. They beat everyone. They beat everybody. I mean, well, I mean, they they beat uh, Tennessee, which was really the 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 test to make sure that they're still the team that they were last year, which they are. And I mean, it, it was week one. Is they're a different team, but they still blew out Oregon in week one. Yeah, remember, this is still the same team that uh, almost lost to uh, Missouri uh, week seven. So. Yep. Uh, anything's possible, man. That's what you love about college football. So, um, yeah, just keep an eye opener for that Kentucky game. But I think they're well. Mississippi State's not really a gimme either. I know uh, they're struggling, but they've been struggling as of late. A cowbells, man, and Mike Leach, a great Leach, coach. Leach is losing control. <laughs> yeah, anything, anything's possible. But yeah, I think their only real, somewhat chance to lose is Kentucky. But I don't see it happening. But hey, you never know, man. Um, with that said, let's quickly get into week 11 and make some picks and uh, call it a day here. Um, let's start with uh, the, 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 you know, the quote unquote game of the week. And that, ha- that has to be Bama and Mississippi. Uh, I believe this game is at Ole Miss. It is. Um, look, we talked about it earlier. Alabama has to win this game. Um, I don't see him losing two in a row. I know Link Kivens had a fantastic year, um, but uh, Bryce Young is still on that team. They're still really good. I know, uh, Ole Miss is good. I know it's at home, but uh, yeah, give me uh, Bryce Young and Bama. Keep your hopes alive. How about you, Alex? Yeah. Or Trent or whatever. Um, yeah, it's obviously disappointing loss for Alabama um, against LSU down to the wire. Um, but I think Ole Miss is, is reeling a little bit as well at this point of the season. Um, I don't think maybe they're just not as good as they as they looked earlier. Um, I, I do like a bounce back game here from Alabama, so I, I definitely like Alabama here. Yeah, Alec. Um, so I was on the fence, but my gut is really just telling me to say not so fast. And, um, <laughs> you know, I don't think Saban's like ever lost two games in a row or not for not since his first year at Bama. Um, and that may be the case. You know, you got to think about what I'm thinking about is the, the the players on Alabama. You know, they come for um, they they come with high aspirations. They have goals of winning national awards, winning national championships, winning conference championships, and you know that's what the program is built on is that excellence. So. I don't know, you know, you, you kind of lose track of what is the goal. Well, what else do we have to play for? 
I don't think the BAM has really been in a situation like this. You know, they had a tough season, I think, in 2019. Um, and it didn't end well for them. And, and you know, I, I just have a feeling that there's something going on there. And, and that's not to say that BAM won't be back next year, but I just don't think this is their year. And um, I know it's a bold pick. I don't know what the line is, but I, I – going to pick Ole Miss because it's at Ole Miss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's another reason. So I'm going to go with the upset uh, and pick Ole Miss. All right. Um, with that said, let's get to uh, TCU in Texas. Um, Alec, we'll start with you, man. What are your expectations for this game and who do you see uh, winning? It's friggin' Sark mania, man. I don't I, – I, I, the guy. Before but before you start, you know what this? Can you guess the spread is? What the spread is for this game? Uh, I would say yeah, Texas, like, Texas is a favorite. Two points. Texas by seven. Oh my gosh! Are you kidding me? So really, can, they think hurt? about that. Some some that's a little weird to me, but Texas by seven. That is wild. Um, it's gonna be loud, and at night, wow. <laughs> I don't want to be swayed by a spread. I mean, it, it is confident. in Texas, yeah. I'm pretty confident in TCU, <laughs> but what I was going to say is Sarkmania, we've seen it throughout the year, you know. Um, they're almost beating Bama, and then they're getting, you know, and they're blowing out Oklahoma, and they're looking like one of the better teams, and then they lose a game they're not supposed to here. They lose another game there. Last week, uh, I, I, I think they, they won a game that they weren't supposed to against Kansas State. Um, so they're kind of on the rise now. Um, so you can never really tell. But I just like the resilience, and I'm going with my Cinderella story. Um, I really think that, that that's going to be the case this year. You know, whatever. I maybe end up being wrong, but that's what my gut's telling me. So I, I like TCU. Uh, I don't know what the heck that spread is. I, I I don't know what the spread is either. I uh, I don't see anybody being hurt for TCU. Uh, I saw that maybe that Quinn Johnson and, and Max Duggan might have you know a couple of bruises here and there, but nothing keeping them out of the game. Um, I I mean, look, it's a huge game, and it's another huge game at Texas. Obviously, we saw what they were able to do against Alabama. I mean, they didn't win that game, but it's a certainly a game they they almost won. Um. So maybe that's why the spread's a little more inflated than, than we think. Uh, but time and time again, TCU has found a way to win these tough games. Um, we, we've seen it all year. I mean, uh, we saw it against Oklahoma State. We saw it against Kansas. They kind of just, like, battle it out, and they win, they win the tough ones. Maybe the ones they're not supposed to win. Um, so I'm going to go and pick TCU here. Um, the spread is really just wild to me. I, I'm not entirely sure why that's the spread. Uh, I'm not shocked that Texas is favored, but favored by seven. I mean, FSU was favored by UM by seven and a half. So <laughs> that's just, you know, that's a pretty big spread to me. So um, I like I like TCU here, TCU here and to cover. All right. Um, well, I thought this is going to be a very bold prediction. I said it before we did the playoff rankings. I had one bold one. Clearly, uh, Vegas uh, doesn't think so. But uh, I actually have Texas winning this game. And two reasons yep. why. Um one weakness from watching TC the last couple of weeks is their run defense isn't that great. It's good, but it ain't great. And guess what? 
Texas has arguably the best running back in college football in B.J. B. John Robinson. Number two, Quinn Ewers is a weak, healthier. Guy has a live arm. Um, one of his better receivers is coming back. I forgot his name. Um, and more importantly, Alec talks about it all the time, Stark Mania, man. Uh, sometimes he has an act of disappearing, and sometimes he has an act of showing up in big games. I do believe the fact that this game's in Texas. I, I really think they're going to win. Um, respect to TCU, what they've done all year. Uh, I've had a great year. I do think it's going to be a close game, but uh, I really think B. John Robinson's going to be the difference in this game. The one weakness for TCU, in my opinion, is the run game, and I think uh, obviously they're facing the best running back in college football. That is the difference for me. And I think Texas is going to win, and it's going to have another shape up of the college football playoff. So that's my prediction for that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I see what your head's at there. I mean, Bijan, I've, I've been saying it, you're probably best running back in college football, but it, it's going to be a good game for sure. I, honestly, that might be the, the game of the week for me. Yeah. Um, well, based off rankings and stuff, it's supposed to be Bama, but I agree. This is probably this is probably the one. Um, any last words on this game? Sarkmania. <laughs> um, also, remember, these are two Texas teams, so that, that's going to be a hard-fought game, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, we'll see which Texas team shows up. Obviously, we've seen a couple different versions of them this year, but that's part of Sarkmania. Yep. All right, um, let's quickly wrap this up still. Uh, Washington at Oregon. This game's at Oregon. Um, I know Washington's 24. But guys, uh, obviously, I forgot his name. The quarterback for Washington, he has one of the livest arms. Yeah, Penix. Penix, one of the livest arms in college football. He could throw for 500 yards any given time. Uh, he's that talented. Um, but with that said, I'm taking the Oregon Ducks. How can you not take them at this point? Uh, they look fantastic. Bo Nix is really turning around, and I kind of hope we get that Oregon Georgia matchup again because uh, I sent to you guys earlier. Uh, Bo Nix uh, said if it was this time of year, uh, it'd be different. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm taking Oregon in Oregon. Dan Lanning has done a fantastic job. Uh, Trent, how about you, man? Yeah, night game in Oregon, really tough to play there. Uh, Vegas has this spread at 13 and a half, which is a very, very large, large spread. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't sleep on Washington, man. Exactly. They're, they're, yeah. they're no cupcake. I mean, this is a this is a good team and uh, with a powerful offense that can strike at any moment. Um, I, I do like Oregon here, but I think that 13 and a half might be a little exaggerated. Yep. Alec? I think the difference is Oregon's defense. Uh, their defense has been looking really good all year. And in the games um, where they face good defenses, they haven't been able to put up too many big points. They won a big game. Well, I'm talking about Washington. Won a big game last week um, against a really good Oregon State team. I think that's going to be a good game at the end of the year. Oregon, Oregon State, believe it or not, um, tends to be. But uh, they have a solid team. Anyways, um, you know, Oregon's offense is potent. I think it's number two uh, this this week. I, I know I said earlier that TCU is two, but I think that was last week. Um, and I think that, you know, they have the capacity to win in a shootout, but I don't think it'll get there because Oregon's defense will hold strong. So I think they're going to keep rolling. Uh, all right, guys. Um, and by the way, I made a mistake in the LSU Arkansas game. This game's in Arkansas. So with that said, right. Alec, uh, LSU plays Arkansas this week. Who do you like in this one? So I was talking to, uh, <laughs> I was talking to, um, close buddy of mine, big Gator, 
And, you know, he's, he was telling me that he sees a lot of similarities with this situation to the uh, Dan Mullen situation at, um, at Florida. You know, Mullen came in and he kind of inherited a team that maybe there were some patches that needed to be filled up, but a really talented team, uh, capable players of implementing his high uh, power offense and and getting things rolling um and you know it seems that as this year has gone by lsu's offense has really been the thing that stood out uh they've been tough to stop Jaden daniels has picked it up he's cleaned it up um so i i could see this year ending really well for them uh and then maybe in the future you know as these players go on maybe it'll be a curse that they did so well this year and maybe they have their best players declare uh and then brian kelly's got a whole new mess next year so um i'm not saying that lsu is going to be the team in the future but i think they're on a, a nice enough run and well you know another thing is at this point in the year you know we were earlier on in the podcast we were talking about what is the team's identity they're still trying to figure out what they're about by now we know what these teams are about and and I think, you know, our expectations are, are supposed to come through more and more as the year goes on. So I expect the LSU keep rolling and playing as they have been. Uh, Arkansas has actually been pretty shaky this year. You know, the loss to Liberty a couple of weeks ago to, to put the icing on the cake. So I don't think that they've got it. Um, and I think LSU will win, but leave it to Brian Kelly, you know, to blow it. Yep. Uh, Trent? Um, yeah, I mean, Alex definitely got a point. Um, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to say that's going to happen, but, uh, certainly wouldn't rule something like that out. Um, in terms of the game, I think Vegas is kind of agreeing with, with you, Robert, about, you know, this is no, there's no walk in the park. They have LSU favored by only three and a half. Um, it's a noon game in Arkansas. Uh, again, I mean, like we've discussed, Arkansas is not a, not an easy team, but maybe not, you know, a little bit, maybe a little disappointing this season. Um, I like LSU here. Um, I, I said before that I'd be shocked that they lost two of these last three games. Uh, so I'm going to stay firm there. Um, but Alex does have a point, you know, with the Dan Mullen comparison. Um, it's not, <laughs> it's not, you know, out of the realm of possibilities, but uh, it's just a little hard to see coming off of these these huge wins. So I'm going to go with LSU. You know, up until about 20 seconds ago, I was about to make another bold prediction and take Arkansas, but there's one key piece missing. Uh, looks like KJ Jefferson is not playing in this game uh, ah. due to an injury. And with that said, I'm taking LSU. They did yeah, a huge bullet I, yeah, because I I'm telling you right now, if they had KJ Jefferson, I really think they win this game. But uh, that is a huge loss. For hard, hard to win without KJ. Yeah. So with that said, I'm uh, I'm taking LSU uh, reluctantly here, but and uh, maybe get some fun in the end of the year. But uh, yep, give me LSU. I know it's in Arkansas. They have KJ Jefferson. I think this is a completely different story. Um, but with that said, give me uh, LSU. I, we have a three peat there. So um, yeah, it's a big loss for them. Um, let's see. Any other games you guys want to talk about before we head on out of here? Oh, obviously FSU against Syracuse. Let's quickly talk about that. Go ahead, Alec. Well, it's a tough environment. It's going to be a night game uh, at the 
at the dome there. Dome. What are they O dome. I don't know what the hell they call it. It's called a carrier dome. Carrier. <laughs> um, you know, Cuse is having a great year. They, they, one of the reasons why is because of their quarterback Schrader. Um, he's been pretty solid throughout the year. And their big game in the season was against Clemson, where they were able to shoot ahead really early and kind of maintain that lead. And you know, what did that game go to overtime or something crazy? But yeah. they, you know, Clemson crept back, and um, yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with how Syracuse has done. Uh, after that Clemson game, I think they came out and lost, and I don't know how they how well they've been doing. Uh, I don't know how they did last week actually, but. Um, I, I, I like the way that my, our team looks and specifically our offense. And, you know, in previous years, we've had this matchup, uh, with Norvell versus Dino Babers. Um, and Dino's kind of an old school coach at Norvell, you know, uh, brings a modern mind to kind of, a you know, you know, a lot of different pieces moving offense and, our offense is able to done really well against Syracuse. The last two years we played them uh, in years where we, we weren't, you know, at our best talent wise and we were really still figuring things out and we were still able to win this game. So I think Syracuse has gotten better, but I think we've gotten better. Um, and we've played away games uh, at nighttime plenty this season. So I think we're equipped for a game like that. And um I like the Knowles to win this one. Yeah. Going to quickly go here. Uh, Syracuse has had a hell of a season this year. Um, I I think that coach has done a great job. I believe they've lost now three in a row, right, Syracuse, something like that. Yeah. Um, But tough schedule, though. I really respect that coach. He's been there for years. Uh, But how can you not pick Florida State at this point? Time and time again, I'll tell you, they're probably the best three-team lost country right now. Um, So give me FSU. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the reasons Syracuse probably hasn't been as good as they were is because I think Schrader is hurt. I uh, didn't play last game. They were unable to put up any points against Pittsburgh. Uh, on top of that, I uh, got sacked six times. Um, I think Florida State just, had, you know, again, just has a little too much for Syracuse right now, especially if that old line stays constant. Florida State's defensive line is pretty, pretty talented. And if Syracuse doesn't have Schrader, I don't really see how they're able to put up points. So uh, I definitely like Florida State here. Yeah. Um, I quickly just want to talk about this game because I really want to just talk about the, the just a shocking great season for them. I'm happy for that program. Uh, UCF at Tulane. Uh, Tulane yep. is 8-1 and one this year. Unbelievable. Probably one of the uh, greatest stories in college football. It's been a little bit hidden with all the chaos happening. But 8-1, man, for Tulane. Incredible. Uh, Trent, quick thoughts on this game. Yeah, Tulane's been obviously super impressive this year. Um, their only loss coming to Southern Miss, which really isn't that bad of a team. But, I mean, look, they beat Kansas State. They beat, they beat Houston. They beat Memphis. They beat uh, USF. I mean, they're not beating, like, these, chief, you know, uh, these, these bad programs. They're beating, you know, decent teams. I think this is probably the biggest game of the year, to, you know, up, up until this point. Um, they finished the year out with Cincinnati, but – you know, this is tough, man. Uh, UCF kind of sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. Uh, you can blame injuries or whatever, but uh, I, this game's in New Orleans. I I like Tulane here. Yeah, wow. Uh, Alec? 
I I really like Tulane. I think they have uh, a pretty good offense this year. Um, and uh, defense as well. They've been able to win great games in their conference and continue to roll. You were saying it's one of the bigger or better stories that uh, they don't hear about, but I'm glad that they're getting, you know, their props in the rankings at least. Um, and as far as UCF goes, you know, Malzahn, they, they put together a solid team. I've seen them play. I've seen them play big games this year and completely, um, you know, not even show up uh, the, the right off the bat. They, they played pretty bad against Louisville. They came back and won a couple of games as well. But, um, you know, I, there's something about this Tulane team. I think uh, that they're, you know, they're going to try to be making some history and, I'm just going to go with what I've seen uh, with them rolling all year. Uh, and I think they're going to keep it going. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I haven't watched Tulane game probably <laughs> in my life, but uh, I love the Cinderella story. And how can you not take them here? So give me Tulane. Um, I just, you know, this is a Florida podcast. Quickly want to talk about the two uh, teams here. Uh, Hurricanes at Georgia Tech. We'll make this fast. Uh, yes, we are going to talk about this. Um, I'm reluctantly taking the Canes. I do think they're going to beat Georgia Tech. I don't think they're that bad, but uh, yeah, give me the give me the Canes. Yeah, this is uh, going to be another battle of who plays worse. Um, <laughs> I probably, I think I said that I probably wouldn't pick Miami for the rest of the season. I'm going to, I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to pick Georgia Tech <laughs> here. Uh, don't expect Van Dyke to be healthy, and if he plays, he he probably won't play that well because he he's no way he's healthy. Um, but again, I mean, two straight games, no touchdowns. You know, there, there's no offense on this team. Defense gives up big play after big play. You know, every, every week. So, uh, I like Georgia Tech here. I'm not sure if Jeff Sims is playing. If Jeff Sims is playing, which is Georgia Tech's quarterback, I'm certain they're going to win. Um, if not, then it becomes a little more of a toss up. But I, I, I still like Georgia Tech here. All right, Alec. Yeah, I um, would be. You know, I think a couple of weeks ago, I I saw the Canes going five and seven with the win against Virginia and a win against Georgia Tech. Um, you know, after last week and especially with the Van Dyke injury, that definitely threw a wrench in everything. I I um, you know, I, I when FSU played Georgia Tech two weeks ago, their offense was probably the worst of any team I've seen this year, maybe compared to obviously Miami and um, Boston College also. But, um, you know, their offense is just as bad as Miami's. I, I believe the problem is, you know, there's enough tape because uh, Ja'Curry and Jake Garcia have been you know, able to get in. So the teams probably have enough tape to look at these guys and see that, you know, obviously Ja'Curry's too young and Jake hasn't really been the best passer this year. He's, you know, throwing a couple of bad picks, uh, obviously getting thrown into a situation that, you know, he wasn't expecting to be in. So you can't get down on the guy too much, but, um, you know, I, I'm going to stick with my prediction. I think the Canes could pull it out right now. They're one point dogs or two point dogs, whatever the hell it was. And I could see it being similar to that Virginia game where, yeah, there's no offense on either side. Um, and the Canes kind of came out on top. Uh, I could see it being similar to that. I just think Georgia Tech's pretty bad. That they're in just as bad of a situation. 
with their team, with their head coaching situation and their locker room. So um, I'm just going to go with the more talented team, uh, which is the Canes. Yeah. But it probably be close. Mm-hmm. And to wrap this up, uh, Gators at South Carolina. Look, last week, AR, uh, Anthony Richardson played a great game, probably the best game this season, um, despite the Utah win. Uh, beat A&M, looked really good. They're playing South Carolina. This game's in Florida. But uh, believe it or not, I'm going to take South Carolina here. Um, Spencer Rattler has really turned it around the last couple of games. Um, I think this, I think uh, South Carolina is a, has been sneaky good the last couple of weeks. So give me South, South Carolina. Uh, Trent? Um, I wouldn't call them sneaky good the last couple of weeks because they lost to Missouri a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they beat Vanderbilt last week. Oh, you're week. right. I missed that. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I, you know – Florida's had their ups and downs this year. I, I don't think South Carolina is a very good football team this season. Um, I, they, I think maybe they started off the season, you know, maybe turned some heads, but I, I don't think South Carolina is all that special in, in a game in Gainesville. Um, I, I I can't really see Florida, you know, coming back down and, and, and losing here. I'm, I'm going to take Florida. Yeah, my bad. I missed the Missouri game. They beat Kentucky. Florida, and Texas Florida is favored that. by eight, by the way. If I was a gambling man, I'd take the under in that one. <laughs> uh, Alec? So I'll be in attendance. I'm going. Steam's in the swamp. Um, cool. And I think it's one of the last home games of the year. Um, this is the game that they're playing to get uh, bowl eligibility. You know, I'd say it'd be a good accomplishment for Napier in his first year, considering they had a rough stretch there in the middle of the season. Um, I, I think that it takes an, a team like LSU playing like they were playing at the time to come into the swamp and win, um, you know, and, and win as convincingly as they did. I think that AR and, and Rattler are last and second to last. I don't know who's lower um, in passing yards. So it's going to be a lot of, you know, QB scrambling and we're going to see how the run game looks, but, you know, the Gators had a, I think, exciting win for their team, even though AM's pretty bad. You know, they were able to go on the road and win. That's never easy uh, at AM. So they're coming off a, a big win, a, a convincing win last week against a, you know, decent AM defense. They put up 41 points. And um, I think that they'll be able to keep moving. Uh, I was talking to a Gator buddy of mine who thinks that they're going to, you know, take down Florida State at the end of the year. Anything's possible because you got a mobile quarterback and we had our issues with Malik Cunningham. Um, but we'll see. We'll talk about that game when we get there. But yeah. I think the, I think the Gators will keep winning. I think they'll make the bowl game. And, um, you know, being at home, they, they have a pretty strong advantage. Yep. Um, that's it, guys. Uh, just from the glimpse of an eye, uh, just keep an eye on that uh, TCU game this week at Texas. And uh, what was what was the other game that might be a sneaky one? Did we talk about that or was that it? Um, that was basically it, right? I think that covers it. it. Yeah, that's the one game. Oh, obviously the Arkansas game, but uh, they don't have KJ Jefferson. So really, just keep an eye on the Ellis or the TCU Texas game. That could be fun to watch. And uh, yeah, guys, I can't wait till uh, next couple of weeks how this all. What's up, guys? Uh, week ten of college football has come and gone. Obviously, UM and FSU have played. 
going to talk about the college football rankings and some of the scenarios and some of the games this week coming up. Uh, once again, I'm joined by Trent and Alec. What's up, guys? Hey, 